All right, seriously, for like the seventh time today, live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet that got possessed by sentient oil. We're now water. (laughs) We're dripping all the time. It's not fun. (laughs) It's not water either. It's viscous. I found... I found what should be the new internet hated word. It's not moist. It's viscous. Hey, it's the noobs and the Whovian. My name is Austin. I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And And we're we're the noobs. And this is that podcast that's introducing a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each and every single week, except for when we don't, and discussing it from the perspective of a dad dad who's seen it before. And and two two sons sons who who haven't. Who still stay on task, even when their dad drops the ball. Welcome to episode (laughs) number 145, covering the series 10 premiere the pilot. This is the one where the doctor meets Bill and gets attacked by mutated water again. Yes. <laughs> I mean, like, you can't not see the waters of Mars when that little girl is standing there. Little girl. She's little like girl. she's like 23. Um, I mean, she was short. But anyways, when that when that woman was standing there dripping water out her mouth, I just was like, <sighs> except for the fact that she didn't have like the whites you know, white eyes and the the cracked mouth. Because that oh, just made the it cracked mouth. That just made it worse. So this was story number 264, originally airing April 15th, tax day here in the U.S., 2017 to 6.68 million viewers, written by Stephen Moffat and directed by Lawrence Goch. I don't think that's <laughs> G- what G-O-U-G-H, Goch. Uh, this, uh, he, so he did this episode, he does the next episode, and he's done. That's it. <laughs> Two back-to-back episodes. <laughs> and he actually did like a little webisode, mini-episode thing. Um, this is weird. I, I didn't I didn't go track it down, but apparently there was some sort of like uh, introducing Bill mini-sode prequel thing. What? Called like My Friend from the Future or My Future Friend or something like what? that. <laughs> yeah. And it's I don't understand it because I, based on the description, it they used some of the footage from that in this episode. So uh, it's like, it's, I mean, what? it's a prequel, but it's also includes stuff that happened in this story. So I don't really get it, but if I was a professional podcaster, I would have gone and watched it ahead of time, yeah. but I didn't. So but we didn't. Anyways, so. uh, the cast this week, we introduced Bill Potts played by Pearl Mackey. Now this was Pearl's like breakout role. Mm. Um, she, she had done some stuff mostly on, uh, on stage, like theater, rather than um, television and movies. But she she had a few small TV roles here and there, but this was her first, like, uh, lead role. And apparently while she was auditioning, they used the code word Mean Town instead of Doctor Who. And it being Doctor Who, that is, of course, an anagram. Mean Town is an anagram for Woman 10, as in the companion, the, the woman, for season 10. Are you sure this isn't just a coincidence? It was in the Wakia, son. How could it not? Oh, be? okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Reputable source. Accurate. <laughs> I mean, Noobs in the Whovian is not brought to you by TARDIS.Wakia.com. It is, in fact, brought to you by Google Fi. Uh, well, actually, here's the thing. Uh, Noobs in the Whovian wants to be brought to you by Google Fi, but in order for that to happen, Google Fi has to give us some money. In order for that to happen, somebody who's listening right now has to go to noobsinthewhovian.com slash fi and sign up for service. Because so someone go do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Google house. Google has a cell phone service that they've had for uh, a few years now. And we've been using them the whole time for just $20 a month. You get unlimited talk and text, $10 per gig of data. They charge it down to the megabyte. And uh, you can add on additional lines for just $15 a line. So once again, noobsinthehoovian.com slash fi to get $20 off after your first month. So that brings us down into the checklist. Uh, the name of the episode spoken in dialogue? Yeah, we actually had it a couple of times. Uh, spoken by the oil. The oil right. slick. I didn't really explain what that was. What what was? The oil, the oil slick they, was. They no, it looked like there was a no, deep it was, hole underneath it. It was yeah. well, okay, we'll 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 get let's get to that in just a second with, with the creature of the week. But we did have um, not only the name of the episode spoken. Because the sentient oil said, the pilot has been found. Um, that kind of thing. This was also apparently a bit of an intentional pun by Moffat. Um, he says that this episode was designed as a bit of a fresh start for the show, introducing new viewers to all the tropes. Mm. And the way I read that in the Wikia, I was like, 
Yeah, but isn't that kind of true of like every episode <laughs> where we have a brand new companion? Yeah. Or for that matter, even sometimes the Christmas episodes function that way because they, us- they usually have a new companion in those. Uh, but anytime you get like a regeneration episode or a new companion, it kind of is that. Yeah. So, but I guess, I guess what that means though is that you had, so you had the 11th hour. And that was a massive reset, mm-hmm. right? That was new showrunner, new doctor, new companion, like new new TARDIS, new Sonic. Everything was new, right? And then you had Clara come in during a Christmas episode. And we kind of did some of the new companion stuff, especially with yeah. uh, the, the Rings of Aka 10 was kind of her first like big adventure. But then since then, we haven't had a change. You had a, you had yeah. a doctor regeneration. Um, but you, you haven't had a new companion for a little bit. So, eh, okay, fine. So we, we, we use the new companion episode as an opportunity to sort of reintroduce everybody. So that's why he called this episode the pilot. It was kind of like supposed to be a pun. Oh, it's a pun. It is weird to have series 10 episode one <laughs> called the pilot. Yeah. I gotta um, say, if this was meant to introduce people to the doctor. Didn't do a really good job. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine this being very good. Like, at it that. wasn't like she didn't say Doctor Who; she said Doctor What. That was great. That was <laughs> I loved that. Um, so like, what? it was yeah. Like like I said, Eleventh Hour was massive. Like and and we did the like the breakdown of when David Tennant first showed up, and there was the whole "That's not my Doctor," you know, and like we walked yeah. through that whole thing of like the trauma to the fans of Regeneration. Which now that I'm thinking back on it is weird because that was 13 episodes. You know, we only got Eccleston for a handful of episodes, yeah. and and then they did that. Like you would think after David Tennant's time with Matt Smith, they would have done that. <laughs> like it's okay, guys, um, <laughs> you're gonna make it. It's fine. It's the circle of life. So that does uh, bring us down to the creature of the week. We had the sentient oil. So Corbin, what what were you? Uh, oh, so it is super intelligent space oil, and that's about all the. Uh, but it's about all the instru- uh, description we got. He provided multiple theories as right. to what it was. Uh-huh. And but he never actually say this is definitively what it is. He never said definitively yeah. what it was. Probably because he couldn't know. There was no way. Yeah, there wasn't really any way of knowing. But also sentient oil wasn't even like the last one he landed on. Yeah. The last one he landed on was it was some sentient part of a ship, a it liquid ship trying to get back to the rest of the Oh, he did say something ship. about a liquid ship, didn't he? Yeah. And Turn into anything. Which kind of, point. I mean, like, it functioned kind of like that. Like, it traveled yeah. through space and time? I don't I think it traveled through time. Before. No, it it didn't travel through time, I don't think. Like, like don't Corbin think? said, I think it just took that long to get to the other side of the universe. Yeah, he gave it like a million years to get to the other side of the universe. Yeah. If he went back in time... Million. And it still showed up, then I would say, yeah, it can travel through time. But for all we know, it was just sitting there waiting for millions of years. Well, actually, he did go into the future and then come back. Uh, Yeah, I guess. 23 million years into the future, it followed them. And then when he came back, it was still continuing the story. um, Yeah. So it probably can time travel, but like, I don't know. That and the doctor said it. And generally speaking, the doctor is a reliable narrator, so... We don't have any reason. Like, if they don't specifically say, oops, I was wrong, um, or retcon it, you know, 50 years later or whatever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we don't really know much about it. Corbin, you were saying that it kind of looked like it was a like a deep, dark hole. Yeah. yeah. She was – there's a point where we see the girl, like, standing in the water looking up. Completely Her submerged body underwater. Yeah. was submerged in that thing. There's no way that was the case. But right, and even before that, we saw it pull back, and it looked like a crack in an like a river, like I mean, like a giant lake or something. Oh, when you were underneath the surface, yeah. looking up, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that I, I don't know, man. I it's one of these things where I remember the concept. I remembered the whole, you know, the mirror image problem and everything, which I thought was kind of neat, but um, not one hundred percent sure how it works. Yeah. But <laughs> I remember thinking, oh, yeah, that's a cool concept and remembering that that was coming, but not really remembering 100% where it went from there. And I thought that we were going to get more about it. Like we were going to we were going to yeah. find the ship that it came from or something. But nope, it was just kind of like, meh. I did like, though, that it did do the 
the Doctor Who fake out of, oh, it's not evil. It's not, it's not hunting Bill. It's trying to fulfill its promise to Bill to never leave her. Which, and then I she releases it from the promise. What don't you get? That, uh, that makes perfect sense. Why did that become the oil slicks mission? Because that was the last thought that she had before it took her in. That was, was the last thing that she was thinking I about. I won't leave you. The way that she this said, don't oil leave, slick Don't functions. run off. And she said, I promise. And then it grabbed her or whatever. This is very confusing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyways, uh, Jiggery Pokery. The Jiggery Pokery section has kind of just turned into us talking about the TARDIS and occasionally the Sonic. I don't know if you all <laughs> noticed that. Uh, is it a knock through? Sort of. Yes. <laughs> that was... That was fantastic. I had to kind of explain to several people uh, at the around the, the old TV what a knock through meant, just knocking a hole through a wall and making a making it into a door or yeah. a or a passageway or something. And uh, the doctor's like, "Yep, yeah, kind of sorta." <laughs> Except it's like a knock through time and space, <laughs> not not just uh, knocking through, the wall. through reality. Right, yeah. Uh, Bill says, "It's like a kitchen. <laughs> it's all shiny and metallic and everything." <laughs> I'd, in what way? I don't know. Because it's metal? <laughs> I, yeah. What kitchens is she stairs. in? I mean, she, you know what she's in? She's in a university kitchen where everything is metal. Maybe. If you work in an industrial or a commercial kitchen, everything is stainless steel because it has to be. So yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I can definitely identify with her there. She says it's not just a room. It's a lift. It can go anywhere it likes in the whole university. In the whole university. <laughs> He's like, um... Yeah, that and a little bit more. Get rid of the T-Y at the end. I loved, yeah, I loved the bit where the doctor says, is it me or is this taking a little longer than usual for her to get to the it's bigger on the inside bit? You know, like she really was not processing. And I pointed it out that when she stepped into that thing, it was in the corner, right? I've literally seen someone build this in their house for their kid. I've seen someone who built like their their kid's bedroom door was in a corner like that. And so they just built a TARDIS around it. So when you walk into it, it's just really like an extra door into their bedroom. And they had to have the creak sound effect. <laughs> I hope so. And uh, if they're good parents. Yes. And so that's kind of what I thought. You know, I was like, hey, she could think that that's what it is. It's just like a secret passage to some other part of, of the building that she wasn't aware of or whatever. And then, uh, yep, that's exactly what she thought. I love, uh, uh, oh, who said this? Nardole said, uh, first, imagine a big box fitting inside a little box. And she's like, all right. And he goes, then make one. <laughs> it's the second one that people usually get stuck on. <laughs> Two easy steps to make a TARDIS. That's all, that's all it is. Imagine a big box and a little box, then make one. Oh, yeah. boy. Um, and then, oh, okay, we did have a great kind of fourth wall it wasn't a fourth wall break but it was like a wink and a nod to the audience she says why would you name the tardis in english the letters wouldn't work in any other language (laughs) and instead of the doctor coming up with some spacey wacy you know jiggery pokery way of getting around that and saying you know like like eccleston saying lots of places have a north you know like that that is a great you know (laughs) hand wavy answer he just says most people don't really point that out. <laughs> I love that they were like, you know, people have been mentioning this. Why don't we address it in canon, in universe, but not address it. Let's address it and not answer it. That would be great. Um, okay. So he had a pin cup full of old sonic oh, screwdrivers. Yeah. Did y'all notice that? Yeah. Didn't the, half of those blow up or like get melted? <laughs> yeah. Right. Or like what? The, the Wikia stated something as though it were more theory than fact. It didn't say this is the the way it is. But what it said was that it appeared that they were essentially toy versions that you yeah. could buy at the time that this episode was out. And if you look at them pretty close, yeah, they definitely looked a little more plastic and fakey than yeah. what we're used to seeing out of the out of the Sonic. So plus Nardle had one. Oh yeah, he got he got to use one. Yeah, absolutely. Was that like his, or was uh, it just like a random Sonic that the doctor had for? Some didn't reason? he pull it out of the pin cup? I think the doctor pulled one of the ones out of the pin it cup out of his coat and tossed it to him. Yeah, but I thought I thought earlier different. though. I thought before then though. I I think I remember him grabbing one out of the cup on his desk. When did this happen? I could be wrong. I don't know. When did what Maybe. happen? Maybe. 
this whole scene you're describing. Him grabbing it out of the cup? Yeah. I, I could be wrong this about at that. All. I don't, okay. Maybe, maybe. No, I, I mean like him having a sonic screwdriver whatsoever. I don't remember that. Nardle? Nardle? Yeah. Oh, he specifically he gave one to Nardle. Things. Yeah. Oh, oh, That's yeah. What he was okay. Doing the whole yeah, time. yeah, yeah. Man, I don't remember this episode at all. <laughs> we watched it like last Spoiler week. alert for Corbin's rating later. We watched it yesterday. I don't remember. We that. had, uh, no, we didn't. Was it yesterday? No, no, no. It was, it was the day before. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yesterday we watched like a movie. Whatever. What did we watch? 101 Dalmatians, the live action remake with Glenn Close. That movie was, was way better Hugh than Laurie. I remembered it being. And Hugh Laurie, Hugh Laurie as one of the, as one of the thieve guys. Uh. Oh man, that was great. Anywho, uh, <laughs> there's Jared, there's your tangential moment for the week right there that you can make fun of the next time you're on live with us. The, uh, the question slash Dr. Who, uh, Bill says, I, I can't just call you doctor. Doctor what? Everybody's Whoa. like, dun, dun. that was great. Uh, let's see other stuff we noticed. Uh, he had a pick of river and a pick of Susan Foreman on his desk. I love that. Even though it was definitely a still image that they did not doctor in any way. There were moments where it looked like Susan was sassing him through the frame. <laughs> Uh, there was even a moment where he he said something. He looked at her. The camera looked over to her, <laughs> looked back at the doctor, and he's like, oh, shut up. <laughs> you know? like, I thought that was great. This is part of what I'm talking about. What is? You, like how this is a terrible introductory episode because he has a picture of River and of uh, Susan. It would be a great time to say who these people are, and they never okay. say anything about I agree it. with you, except that had there been a line where Bill said, oh, who is that? And he said, this was my granddaughter who I had to abandon on a planet a while ago. And this is my wife who just died. You would be ranting and raving right now about how yeah. stupid and on if the nose he that just was. Said, Holy crap. If he just said something simple like, oh, that's my granddaughter and this is my wife, then I'd be like, yeah. You'd still bring it up, though. No, I wouldn't. You would because still bring it up. Because that's a perfectly natural thing to say. No, it's... If someone asks, I, who are I, these people? Okay, I agree, but does that help the audience any? No. Like what you're saying is, the audience, a new audience, would not know those two faces in the in the frames. So why doesn't he explain it? How much would he have to explain for it to catch up the new viewers? I think just it would take half the episode. saying. <laughs> I mean, if he was to go down in 1963, and every a reason new why science they were fiction important. genre. <laughs> Like, sure, if he was to, like, go off on some rant about every adventure they've ever been on, but if he just says something simple like how they're related to him and why we should care about them at all. But I mean, it's a good thing it could go a long way. viewers and, who have seen it before. Okay, Everyone I think, else, I think it doesn't Corbin's, matter because they're Corbin's never point, though, I think Corbin's point, though, is that I said earlier that Moffat intended this to be a fresh start. Yeah. And if you're going to have, by the way, if you're going to have a fresh start, yes, don't... Okay, have the pictures there and have the camera pan past them. Fine. That's don't have fine. him talk but to the people in the pictures. Bring them up. But when he specifically talks to those characters in the pictures, yeah. then you are talking to a well-versed, knowledgeable audience. At the same time, you also had the Daleks, who he explained yeah. somewhat, somewhat, sort of. right? Well, and again, but. and again, the Daleks, that would, that would be like Darth Vader showing up and them going, yeah, he's, he's our leader's dad and he's a really bad guy. Let's keep running. Right. Because any more explanation than that would be insulting to the general audience because yeah. just like everybody knows who Darth Vader is, everybody knows the Daleks at least enough to know they're the bad guys that the doctor fights or something like that. Right. Enough information. But in that same scene, not to steal Jared's thunder too much here, there were some other people there that I didn't recognize, y'all didn't yeah. recognize, and we specifically said, I wonder if, and sure enough, those were a classic Who connection that Jared's going to bring up later, and they weren't touched on at all. Yeah. Ex except that, again, attention was called to them. So Corbin, I, I would have to agree with you here that if you're going to design an episode to be a clean slate, then you can't have as much fan service in it. I agree. Yeah. The thing is, without the knowledge of that, like, none of this matters. All this was, like, normal stuff for Doctor Who, having references Without to the shows. knowledge that Moffat intended it that way, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's the thing. It I don't works. think Corbin would have as much of a problem with that scene. Yeah. If 
We didn't like, say that up front. River, whatever, but I said this when we were watching it. The fact that Susan is on screen, and probably most of the audience watching Doctor Who doesn't really know about Classic Who at all, to have her on screen and clearly be someone important to the Doctor, but not explain in yeah. any way who she is. Yeah. I feel like... It's like Dad said, have him pan past. Ha- have yeah, it be it on lot. screen at one point. Yeah. But... Yeah, or at the very least, talk to River too. Like I feel like he specifically was speaking yeah. to Susan. Anyways, I don't know. Um, oh my gosh, did we get a lot about uh, timey wimey? The doctor says time doesn't pass. The passage of time is an illusion, and life is a magician. Time is the space made by our lives where we stand together forever. Okay, I okay. Nine was emo. Ten was like. Super cool guy. But like, huh? Cool. Yeah. Uh, 11 was young and silly and playful. 12 is a poet. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say existential. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, okay. So about an hour ago, I was, I was rewatching the speech from the Zygon invasion. Um, and I was like, yeah. man, Capaldi is intense. <laughs> and yeah, I think that's what it is. Um, Capaldi is we've talked about this. He's he's different. He's a little yeah. more classic who. He's not silly. Um except for sometimes when he is. But even when right. have you ever noticed that even when Capaldi, Capaldi is being silly, he's silly like your grandfather is silly. Yeah. Like he's silly he's like not trying old, to be. He's old. Well no, even when he's trying to be, he's like old man silly. Like it's a different kind. It's a, it's a different kind of silly. And it's a little bit more dry wit and that kind of thing. And he's also um way more I don't know, even keel. So when he gets intense, it's even more intense, you know? And I, you know, I'm not going to spoil anything here except to say that when we get to the end of 12's time, you're going to see that again. You're going to see that underneath it all, he is sentimental. He is emotional. He feels things deeply, maybe more deeply than any doctor we've seen in New Who. But he wears it differently. And uh, yeah. this whole bit, man, where he's just waxing poetical about the nature of time. By the way, you know, from the perspective of a time lord, yeah. a guy who, you know, who really gets it and understands it. What did we get with Eleven? It's like a bubble on the outside of a bubble. So we're in a bubble universe? No, unless it helps. In which case, no. You know, it's yeah. like we just got like silliness and like, what are you talking about? And um, that was kind of 11 was famous for doing that. Whereas 12 yeah. seems to be like laying out the awe and wonder of space and time and the universe and life mm. and humanity and, and all these kinds of things. So that's fantastic. Speaking of which, he says, everything is dangerous. Nothing is evil, but most things are hungry. Mm-hmm. And then he gets a little silly. Hunger looks like evil on the other end of the cutlery. <laughs> or, or do you think your bacon sandwich loves you back? <laughs> By the way, there was, of course, an entire clickable page on bacon oh sandwiches. My God. On the <laughs> was it just this episode, too? Uh, I didn't click on it. I didn't bother because mm-hmm. I did not see that there was a lot of relevance in researching the bacon sandwich analogy. Yes. What do you wait, What do you mean there's not relevance? It is important. <laughs> it's not relevant. Other than ragging on the Wikia, which, you know, has become a, a whole segment. That should be a whole segment on the show. Here's Why some the crazy Wikia crap from the Wikia. <laughs> You know, the thing that we're a part of and contribute to and have based our entire show off of (laughs) (laughs) that we specifically stop and give thanks to every episode. (laughs) All right. So who's who? Who is Bill? Apparently, she reminds the doctor of Susan. Why? Um, Because when most people frown when they don't understand, she smiles. Just like. See that with Susan? I don't know. That means she wants to learn. Why be so cynical? (laughs) I just thought that scene was weird. Why did you think that scene was weird? He could have said something more, just like because you seem to want to actually learn. But he goes off on this weird, like one little detail that kind of hints it to him, and it's just a kind of weird detail, anyways. I think that's great. That was what. I just think it's weird. But what should he have said? Okay, what happens when the doctor doesn't understand something? When there's something he doesn't know the that answer he to. He smiles, I guess. Yes. He, wants he gets giddy. 
he gets just Ooh, like, oh once man, in a lifetime chance. I'm not saying it's stupid. Incredible I'm just living. saying it's goofy. <laughs> <laughs> not saying it's stupid. I'm, I'm just not mocking it this way. I'm mocking it this other way. <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, let's see. Oh, then there was the line. Um, how did you, he asked Nardole, how did you set the security? And he says, friends only. Aw, Bill's a friend. <laughs> what? She was a friend already. I have to wonder why she, was a companion, she, she was a wasn't more concerned by this, though. By what? But she, the doctor is doing something weird down here. He's got some big old vault and locked doors and crap. And she just wasn't at all concerned. Didn't ever bring it up to him. Like, so what were you doing the other night? Because then she time traveled. Then she went back there. Then she got chased by water. It seems like there was time in between those events. Was there, though? I don't know that there was much opportunity. Maybe there wasn't. I feel like there was after she saw the puddle. That's what her mind switched Mm -hmm. to. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I know that was because then she immediately goes and she meets with, what is her name? What's the star eye girl? Yeah. That was a weird thing, but what was she meets with her and then they immediately go and see the puddle. So yeah, I guess. Yeah, that is, I loved her line. Her face is always doing things when she's trying to be enigmatic. I thought that was great. <laughs> great. She's like, you know, I'm trying to be all like cool and mysterious. And my face is just doing things. <laughs> that was great. By the way, I could listen to bill talk all day. I love her accent. I love her, her cadence. Her phrasing of things. I could listen to her all day long. All day. Uh, who is Nardole besides Car- uh, Corbin's favorite flipping character ever? As soon as he came on the screen, I looked at Corbin. just like a big smile on my face. Like, eh? Eh? Because I don't know. Did we specifically... Did I specifically mention that he was coming back? I don't remember. Okay. So I kind just, of expected he was. was okay. I wasn't sure. The first I time. But like after... Yeah, that. when he was back for the Christmas episode, it was like, um... Wait. What? Um... I, I didn't see it coming. I thought it was kind of bizarre. Like, who is this guy? And, um, so I, I wasn't sure how it played out because I had, I think I had seen again, you know, cover art spoiling things for me. I saw him on the cover art and I was like, well, they wouldn't put him on the cover art if he was only in the Christmas special. So he's, he's obviously going to be around and who is this guy? And then, um, and then I saw the husbands of river song. So mm. I kind of knew he was coming before we ever even laid eyes on him. But, um, oh my gosh, man, this guy is so funny. Matt, Matt Lucas, guys. Matt Lucas, ladies and gentlemen, fantastic. Uh, so he's like a cyborg or something? That was weird. That that opening bit where he was... A little bit fell Where out. he was squeaky yeah. and he, screw fell. Yeah. But, but then, then they never bring else, it up again. <laughs> nothing else ever again after that. There was no other hints that he's... head got put back on. So where did his body come from? That's where the screw came from. I mean, I, I was under know. the impression that they were hinting at the fact that his body is a robot. Yeah. And his head was just r- attached to this robotic <laughs> body that's supposed to look like his body, but apparently squeaks and loses pieces every now and then. But then there was nothing else in the in the episode. And I don't it. remember any, I don't remember that ever coming up again. Like I was under the impression that the doctor just like restored him. What whatever that means. Not that he's a robot with with his head reattached. I don't know. So I love his line, human alert. Do you want me to repel her, sir? <laughs> repel her? Is she like a ant or something? And, uh, oh, and then Trip already mentioned he got to use a classic Sonic. That was yeah. that was a lot of fun. He got to run up and down the halls using the old classic Sonic to, to lock yes. up all the Daleks. So who is the doctor? He's been teaching there for 50 to 70 years. And he says, and you think, well, he doesn't look old enough. And she's like, no. And <laughs> his... We ran, I think we ran that back twice to watch his face fall. You think he's not old enough? No. No. (laughs) I mean, he spent so much time as young men and to, you know, to end up, you know, no, 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 no. I definitely could see you being 90 years old. (laughs) That's totally believable. Because by the way, if he's been teaching there 50 years, he's at least 70, 75, 80, maybe. He's like. Yeah, his face, man. He does no reaction verbally, just face crestfallen. It was great. Um, let's see. You were oh, she says you were gonna teach about quantum physics, but you taught about poetry. And he says, po- poetry, quantum physics, it's all the same. She says, How's it the same? He says, Because of the rhymes. Mm-hmm. Now, what were you doing with <laughs> Whoa, hang on, what? Wait, what? Wait, the rhymes. Quantum physics rhymes? What are we talking about? 
Um, I, that is, I love it when they do that to us, when they, when they just remind us how incredibly advanced the time Lords are. I mean, I think what they've been around for like a billion years before humanity showed up or whatever. I don't know. Um, he's very particular about time. Oh, that was great. He's uh, don't be late. I'm very particular about time says the guy who just showed up 20 years late for Amy pond, but whatever, yeah. whatever that's, you know, he's very particular about time pun. Um, he says, that's my face. Then she says, you seem a bit flexible on the subject. He says, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah. That was, I think it was when he was looking in the puddle. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what was wrong. That's my face then. Uh, <laughs> what are you not sure? Oh, uh, well, let me, don't get me started. Don't, most people need a flow chart. Um, she says to Bill says to him, I know this is hard for you. I know you aren't exactly a sci-fi person. And he almost looked at the camera and winked. <laughs> he just kind of like made this face. Like he, he wanted to do a mug where he just looked right into the camera like meh, but he didn't. Th- thankfully, by the way, yeah. thankfully. He didn't. That would be so dumb. Um, oh, here you go with one of my favorite here. Here's okay. This is what I mean by he's silly. Like your grandfather is silly. And by the way, when I say he's silly, like your grandfather is silly, I mean that generically. And I mean that specifically of you too, your grandfather, your mother's father. She says, are you from space? And he says, no. And she looks relieved. He says, nobody's from space. I'm from a planet. (laughs) The flip side of that is I heard on a podcast, uh, just this week, somebody said, uh, they might've actually been referencing this bit here. I might've been listening to another doctor who podcast and they said something about, I guess when you think about it, technically we're all from space because planets are in space. So we're kind of all from space, you know? Uh, Oh, and then we have a rare, you know, doctor being earnest moment. I act like I know everything because I don't. (gasps) Ooh, seeing through the smoke screen. Now, doctor, we got your number. (laughs) Guys, Noobs in the Hooping is also brought to you by listeners like Victor, Jared, and James. If you find value in what we do like they do, here's what you can do be doo be doo Yeah. What? Something like that. Head on over to noobsinthehoovian.com slash support and find, uh, find your favorite way of supporting us. Our favorite way is for you to do it on a monthly basis. You can start for as little as a dollar a month, but you jump up to $5 a month and you'll, you'll still be a Bowtie patron because we never did update that tier. <laughs> We're going to update it just in time for the regeneration and going into 13. Uh, but anyways, uh, $5 a month, you will get a shout out on the show each week. So why not uh, jump on in there? And if you can't do $5 a month, we understand. Well, what about a dollar a month? I mean, what's a dollar a month? You know, like back in the day, back in the day, do you guys, do you guys know the trope of like, for the cost of a cup of coffee, mm-hmm. you can support a child, you know, you can feed them and clothe them and send her to school and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. Well, nowadays, the cost of a cup of coffee, if you're talking about like going to Starbucks, is like $8.97. <laughs> okay. So for for the for you know the cost of an eighth of a cup of coffee, you can support family-friendly independent media like noobs in the Whovian. So head on over to noobsinthehoovian.com slash support. Become a supporting patron of family-friendly independent media today. Would you? Could you? Ain't you gonna if I asked you, would you wanna? What? Join my Patreon tonight. That's having too much fun. Hey, right uh, can we can we talk about anything? Did anybody want to talk about anything? No. We didn't have anything in the notes, but sometimes y'all have things. Seamless transition. All right, so that brings us down to our classic Who Connections, which got shortened down in the notes to just class. class. <laughs> I was wondering why I was saying it? I didn't know if like we were going to talk about the teenage, teenage drama spinoff of Doctor Who called The Class, mm-hmm. or are we going to hear what Jared has to say? I, you know what? Instead of, instead of talking about a show that we've never seen before and are yeah. vaguely aware of in the <laughs> universe, why don't we hear what Jared has to say? Take it away, Jared. Hello, noobs in the Whovian. This is Jared with your Classic Who Connections for The Pilot. Now, the doctor hung an out-of-order sign on the outside of the TARDIS, also when he was the first doctor in the serial The War Machines. As you can imagine, especially then when uh, police call boxes were more common, uh, that would be quite handy if he was on Earth. Uh, so I imagine he did it a lot more times, uh, but we just saw him doing it the one time, possibly to explain why he doesn't get interrupted more. Because uh, that was a pretty early serial. Eh, maybe, maybe second, third season, something like that. Uh, So the first time we saw the bust of William Shakespeare in the doctor's office was the serial The Chase. And we also saw on his desk a picture of Susan Foreman. 
uh, which of course is his granddaughter, and we saw a collection of classic Sonic screwdrivers on his desk, and one of which, which was kind of like more the later, like fourth Doctor, fifth, uh, fifth Doctor Sonic screwdriver that he gave to Nardle, I believe, and I picked up to give to someone, and I, I forget exactly whom, but um, so that that's, you know, we saw all that kind of stuff in his office. Also, speaking of the chase, okay, so you might remember this is where the Daleks have learned to time travel, and they're chasing the Doctor and his companions through space and time, and so you see, like, the the Doctor and his companions get out in an area, and they do something, and maybe they have to fix something because the TARDIS is having troubles or whatever. Um, so they're there for a little while, and then uh, they leave, and then we see the Daleks close behind them, uh, tracking them somehow through space and time. Uh, so um, so that's, th- that's the chase. And so we saw uh, in the chase, they explain the mystery of the Mary Celeste. So the Mary Celeste was an American merchant ship that was found abandoned in the Atlantic. Uh, she was found in adrift, but in seaworthy shape, with ample supplies and the cargo intact. The last entry of the ship's log was ten days earlier after being found, and only one a lifeboat was missing uh, that they could really find. None of the crew were ever found, so there's no real reason that they had to abandon ship that they could find, but obviously the crew had abandoned ship and presumably uh, were lost at sea from there. So in the chase, the TARDIS lands on the Mary Celeste, and they, a couple of the companions get out, and that freaks out the crew who think that there are stowaways on board. So the crew's all going all over the ship looking for stowaways, and the TARDIS leaves, and then the Daleks materialize on the ship. Seeing the Daleks and, uh, you know, on already freaked out because of uh, the, the stowaway factor, um, seeing the Daleks, the, the crew freaks out, and uh, they, they abandon ship. And then the uh, Daleks leave, of course, so the ship is abandoned with no uh, reason, you know, no obvious reason for it. So this is Doctor Who's explanation of what happened to the Mary Celeste. Uh, And so uh, why am I bringing all that up? Well, near the vault, we see a sign from the Mary Celeste. So hearkening back to uh, the the Doctor's uh, um, interaction, at least, uh, with, with the Mary Celeste there. And uh, let's see, Bill wrote an essay about atomic clocks and the Eighth Doctor, you may recall, because you just watched this uh, in the movie Doctor Who, the Eighth Doctor uh, saw an atomic clock. Now, this is one that uh, uses atomic vibrations to measure time, not uh, what we would say is an atomic clock today. Uh, So uh, that's a little bit different, but anyway. Uh, And... Uh, the TARDIS went through the Dalek-Movellan War. Now, this was a war between the Daleks and the Movellans, obviously, and you could also call it a war between cyborgs and androids, because Daleks are really cyborgs, and the Movellans are androids. Both were fighting for control of the galaxy, surprise, surprise, and they were locked in this stalemate for centuries. Um, in fact, they, they weren't even firing a shot anymore because they were uh, basing their tactics, both sides were basing their tactics on computer models of war, and uh, so even firing a shot at each other w- would, uh, um, you know, trigger um, a- an outcome that they didn't want. It's kind of like in war games, uh, you know, where there's the only way to win is not to play. So the Daleks decide to go back to Skaro and revive Davros in order to uh, maybe he will be able to uh, end this war, have have a way to figure out how to how to beat the war. So that's uh, um, the the sorry, that's in the serial Destiny of the Daleks, and so that's. Uh, where the doctor that with the fourth doctor that's where he first saw the the, the Dalek Movellan War and so because it was they, they went to a part this time of course where there was fighting going on and uh, they to uh, in order to cleanse them of uh, what was following them but obviously that didn't work uh, and finally in remembrance of the Daleks the Dalek ships uh, left scorch marks on the ground uh, on, a, on a school campus, uh, much like we had on this one. 
Uh, so I don't know if that's really a callback or it, it's more of a connection than a callback. So, okay, I, I had a lot of fun with this one. I enjoyed, uh, I, I really like Bill. Um, I, I like her introduction. Loved her introduction to the TARDIS. Um, like what she brings to the show. And so uh, I'm going to give it eight and a half out of 10 sentient oil stains. Uh, and uh, not too creepy, little creepy, uh, you know, the water forming girl uh, chasing after them and trying to kill, uh, presumably, but maybe not in the end. Anyway, but uh, the um, I, I, so not too creepy, but a little bit enough creepiness. So I'm giving it 75 levels. So there you go. All right. Thank you to TARDIS Wikia and thank you to Noobs and the Hooving for having me on. Look forward to bringing you more Classic Who Connections next time. Uh, I love when Doctor Who or or any sci-fi, anything involving time travel, when they explain uh, some mystery from history. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with you know it, oh it was the main character you know like whatever it was you know Marty McFly inventing you know, rock and roll, uh, you know, and the skateboard in the same week, you know, stuff like that. I love the idea of, you know, the doctor was fleeing from the Daleks, landed on a ship randomly and the, the Daleks chasing him caused the the people to freak out. Oh, and that's what happened to the Mary Celeste. I love that. Um, my only hope is that when they first landed on the ship, no one said anything about being the Mary Celeste. What I hope is that after the crew jumped off and the Daleks beamed away, that it like slow panned over to the bulkhead and it said the Mary Celeste. That's, (laughs) you know, like dun, 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 you know, after all, this is what happened. So, um, Jared gave it 8.5 out of 10 sentient oil stains. Corbin, you want to go first? Uh, I didn't really like this one. Yeah, we could tell. It was kind of boring, as evidenced by the fact that, like, three times before recording this, I had to ask what episode we had just watched. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All day he's been asking that. Like, so what wait, was it? What, what did we watch again? Did, wait, did we watch it yet? Like, yes, we watched it two days ago. <laughs> Even still, I really can't remember most of it, but yeah, know, it just didn't stick with me whatsoever. I thought it was kind of boring. Okay. So I'm going to say six out of ten central heterochromia, which might be what that girl had in her eye but honestly it sounds like something different so oh okay who knows moving right along um i had fun with it um again i could listen to bill talk all day Uh, i i i enjoy bill she's she's a fun companion looking forward to uh the rest of the season and her arc and everything um some yeah some of it was fairly forgettable but i will say that i remembered more of the plot of this episode and more of the details of this episode than I had of virtually anything in series nine. I mean, what was the theme of series nine? Uh, I forget. I don't, (laughs) I did not remember this episode. I could not believe that's all I said all of the whole last season. I don't really remember much else. Like I remember this and I remember where we wind up but I don't remember a whole lot in between. So I'm curious to see, like, are we going to get, you know, through the first scene of the next episode and go, oh, right, yeah, I remember that one now. Or are you going to go, still don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I did all last season. Um, so with that in mind, I'm going to give it um, eight out of 10 fat chips. <laughs> fat chips. Yeah, because he, f- she fatted him. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? She fatted her. <laughs> she was fat. I fatted her. Mm-hmm. Trip, what about you? Um, I think I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go eight uh, good versions of the flood. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what, what you would call this? Good yeah. versions of the f- the episode, the flood? No, the floods, the, the creatures. Did Weren't they, call they called the, the flood? Oh, from um, from um, waters the waters of Mars. Is a good version of that? Okay, so you're saying the sentient oil slick is a good version. Good as in not, not evil. Not evil. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Oh, right. oh, I thought you meant like a better version. <laughs> oh no, no, he means like a a good one. I was gonna it, have to fight of Mars was They were evil, yes, but they evil. were evil, and this is this, they. This one was good, yeah. but it was not I water. See. It was too viscous. Why? And it didn't have a reflection apparently because it had to fake having a reflection. That's so weird. Uh, creep levels. Uh, Trip. what do you, you want to give this one on a scale of 1 to 500 uh, 
levels on Space Station 3 or whatever the crap it was. We haven't talked about that in a long time. So This can be our pilot episode. Hey! <laughs> That's what we should have done. Oh, man. Missed opportunity. We should have opened up the episode like, hey, guys, my name is Austin, and we like to watch Doctor Who. <laughs> but we explain everything really poorly. So then no one will oh, there you go. understand. Yeah. Hey, we could, we, just, we could go back and do that. <laughs> Let's record a 0.5 episode when we're done and release it before this. <laughs> <laughs> so jared uh jared chris what <laughs> i almost said chris who's chris <laughs> what are you talking about right now? hey chris uh welcome to the show uh yes. what did you think was the creep level on this episode no trip what, oh, what do you think uh, chris <laughs> who's Who chris, chris? <laughs> eccleston what are we talking about oh yeah my buddy christopher eccleston i call him chris yeah, for sure yeah he hopped sure. he hopped on by my uh what Microsoft Studios? Am I having a stroke? Is the right side of my face drooping? Trip, oh my call nine one one. Oh my word! Uh, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet to broadcast a stroke. Oh my gosh! Trip, how many creep levels do you want to give this thing, man? <laughs> Save with that, me. With that stroke involved, two hundred. But. <laughs> What am I rating at this point? All right, Corbin, what's your creep level going to be? I'm going to say 100. And it's because I found out whenever we watched this episode that um, there's something creepy about something dripping with water when it shows up. Especially when that something is a person. Well, yeah, I specifically meant a person, but to just have water pouring off of you even though you don't have water pouring onto you seemingly coming from nowhere yeah yeah yeah. that was that was what part of what was so terrifying ground yeah the the waters of mars not only did it just run out of their mouths but then when they would like put their hands on the door and it would just like emanate from their hands it's like also it's like Like, where is this water coming Um, from yeah so so for that reason oh and then i'm gonna add on top of that um when when a serene calm looking face suddenly goes and comes rushing at you that that i hate that that's that's one of my triggers and then the other thing is when that happened when they were on the planet far away 23 million years in the future which by the way we all thought looked like the planet of the Ude. yeah by the way um when they were there and 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 that scene happened where it was looking at bill from the puddle and then it came up and like grabbed bill's face Oh, and pulled on man, her face in such a way, it. yes, that her face was deforming. Deformed faces where like, okay, like like the scariest part for me of the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy, there's two. One of them is when Bilbo suddenly like his face changes and he's like demonic looking like. And then when the same thing happens with Galadriel, where she just like you know, transfigures in front of Frodo and, oh, and yeah. her face gets all weird. Her face doesn't get distorted and like um, disproportionate and, and demonic teeth and everything. It just gets weird and glowy and like you can see veins and stuff. Um, anytime that that happens, um, and this time it was Bill's face being stretched forward. <laughs> Corbin, I mean, a trip. What about you, finally? We've oh, stalled yeah. long enough. Good grief, Dan. I'm still <laughs> calling him the wrong name. Chris. Chris, Chris what do you think? <laughs> I think I'm going to agree with uh, Corbin. I think a hundred. It's suitable. All right. Well said, son. Well said. Uh, the game plan. Next week, we are moving on to episode number two, Smile. And uh, let's see. We're going to do we're gonna do Smile. Then we're going to do Thin Ice. Then we're going to do Knock Knock. And then we have a timey-wimey, but we need your help. We need some suggestions for some upcoming timey wimeys. We only have a few ideas left, like maybe one. I still haven't, I still haven't vetted it yet, so we, we may have zero. I don't, I don't know. We got to find it out. Uh, but here are the requirements. It needs to be family friendly. Uh, that's why we're not covering the fr- uh, Terminator franchise yet. Ooh, teasing a spinoff show, are you? Yeah. Um, if it is written, it needs to be short. So no, no novels, um, only short stories. Um, something you could, you know, reasonably sit down and read in a, in, in one sitting and it needs to be accessible. Cause again, we don't want to have to pay, you know, for a $50 collector's edition Blu-ray or subscribe to some 
random service. Oh my gosh, there's so many services. You know what we've done? We tore cable down so that we could rebuild it on the internet. Cable, but streaming. Yeah, but what I'm saying is everybody was like, cable there's too many Apple. channels and it's so expensive. And it, and by the way, when it was only Netflix, it was cheap. And everybody went to Netflix because that's what there was. So you could stream all the things on Netflix. And then all the all the companies started saying, wait a minute, we have computers. <laughs> we have the internet. What if we created Disney Plus and Paramount Plus and HBO Plus Go I'm Now go Max? And Office and we- the streaming service. <laughs> And pay extra if you want to see more of The Office. Who is that? Peacock. I mean, yeah, Peacock yeah. is literally The Office Plus. That's what it is. <laughs> what it is. Uh, Discovery Plus is now a thing. I mean, it's just it's uh, it's so many. But you know what? We live we live in a golden age of television. Um, so there's there's lots of things to watch. I I have decided that I don't care how many Star Trek shows and Marvel shows they have to create. If there are 52 new episodes of Star Trek somewhere in something in the Star Trek universe and something in the Marvel universe, I will continue subscribing to CBS, excuse me, Paramount Plus and Disney Plus. Disney Plus we're keeping anyway because we've got all kinds of stuff, but CBS All Access slash Paramount Plus, I haven't turned off yet because they're about to change their pricing structure and I'm afraid of getting ripped off and because I know that they're getting ready to launch all of the Star Trek again. Um, there's like three new Star Trek shows this year. So oh I'm fine with that. That's fine. But yes, we we just systematically rebuilt cable. So all that said, help us out with some timey-wimeys, would you? Mm. <laughs> Guys, Noobs in the Hoobin is a production of Master Closet Studios, where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Our audio engineer is this guy. I'm Trip. The production editor is the other guy. I'm Corbin. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com, such as it is, for their trivia, and to Jared for the Classic Who Connections. Shoutouts, as always, to Victor, Jared, and James for their Patreon support. You can find us over at NoobsInTheHoobian.com, where you can find our socials, our emails, so, so, social media. social Not our social security numbers. Well, I took those down uh, like a long time ago. Yeah. It's a long yeah. time ago. Along with Corbin's middle name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He was, he was ribbing me about that. Uh, consider supporting us at patreon.com slash noobsinthehoovian or noobsinthehoovian.com slash support, whichever way you want to go. And wherever you found us, make sure that you subscribe, like us, share us with a friend, not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. As always, my name is Austin. I'm the Hoovian. and these are my sons, Corbin Tripp. And, and we're the news. Until next time, be safe if you can, but always be amazing. Goodbye. I, there, there's definitely bloopers, but I don't know if Corbin saved them. No. Be